Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, Eagles fans, this is Chris Franklin from NJ Advanced Media, and welcome back to the No Huddle Show podcast, where we'll discuss anything and everything Philadelphia Eagles. Before we begin, I wanted to remind you that you can read our content on NJ.com slash Eagles, and make sure to bookmark that to get the latest Eagles news and analysis. You can also subscribe to our exclusive Eagles Extra Insider Tech service, and through Eagles Extra, you can send questions and comments directly to us, and we'll respond to your phone. We're once again joined, as always, by my No Huddle Show co-host, Les Bowen. Today, we're going to talk about the Eagles' latest win against Doug Peterson and the Jacksonville Jaguars that moved them to 4-0. We'll also talk about the transformation of the Eagles' defense in just one season and a team's upcoming game against Zach Ertz and those Arizona Cardinals. But first off, we're going to go to Les. Les, how you doing, man? Doing great, Chris. How are you? Not bad, man. You know, it's uh, it's another week and it's another win we're talking about. I mean, who would have thought we would have seen a, a team that's four and zero right now with this Eagles squad? And it, it, listen, it was it wasn't ugly. It, it wasn't pretty uh, the uh, Sunday. You know, that it was a torrential range, man. You know, how are you dealing? First off, I'll start with this. How are you dealing with all this wet weather, man? This was crazy so far. Uh, it's been so weird. It's like we went from extended August to uh, post Thanksgiving. Uh, you know, very, very quickly. And, uh, you know, I find myself not really wanting to, uh, to brave the elements to run or take the dog out or anything. The dog certainly is disgruntled. She's, she does not like to be wet. So that's been uh, an issue, but, uh, you know, surely we have to have some real decent autumn weather here sooner or later. Yeah, man. But just, just think, okay, we get through this week, you know, we got out of the seventies and then, then we get to go to the warm air of Arizona, the desert, man, we, we can do that for that. But you know what? We're going to talk about the Arizona Cardinals later on. We're, we're going to, let's focus first on what happened last Sunday. You know, the Eagles won as, as everybody who's listening to this podcast know the Eagles won 29 to 21. It, they were dug themselves into a 14 point hole early on. And it looked like, Hey, you know, it looked, I, I'll be honest. I started starting to think about what I was going to start writing. I think I told you too. I'm like, uh, we're going to start doing a who's to blame for this right. loss here. But uh, looking at this, the Eagles were able to rail, or rail off 20 unanswered points and, and wound up getting the win. First off, I'll, I'll ask, I was going to start over broad, uh, overarching question to you, Les. What, was your, what are your thoughts about this win and where the team can go from here? Well, I was just incredibly impressed. Uh, 14 nothing into the first quarter, awful weather. You've lost two key starters during the first quarter very early, Darius Slay on defense and Jordan Mailata, the left tackle. 
Uh, you've got, you know, the, the, basically you're on fire. I mean, you've really got a lot going on. And by halftime, they had taken control of the game. And I, I, I don't think you can be much more impressive than that, frankly. I mean, they were unimpressive in getting down 14 nothing, obviously, but uh, the recovery was breathtaking. And I think it really gave you a hint of the potential of this team, which is extraordinary. It really is. Um, I, I don't know that that potential will be realized, but it's certainly there. I mean, I don't think if they have everything going and they're doing, you know, the things that they do well, I honestly think they can stand up with anybody in the NFL. Yeah, they were able to overcome a lot in that game, and I guess we'll start look to look at the the ball, the ball offensively when we look at this. Jalen Hurts, you know, the, the, looked like he was effective early, uh, affected early on by that weather, you know, throwing that early interception that went return for a pick six, but he finished sixteen to twenty five for two hundred four yards and that one interception. So that passing offense wasn't there, but luckily for the Eagles, they. Still relied on a run game, ran for 210 yards rushing, powered by Miles Sanders, who himself had 134 yards and two two rushing touchdowns. I'll I'll start with this one and go this one. Miles Sanders, you know, there's been much made about his his effectiveness early on so far because he hasn't had this big game, but now that he has it, how does he fit into this offense, especially with this offensive line? And do you think he can sustain this long term over the season? Well, I don't think he's going to get 27 carries very often, Chris. <laughs> but, uh, you know, is especially is we don't know about Maialata yet. Um, I tend to think guy suffers a, a shoulder injury early in a game and can't return to that game even after halftime when they would have a chance to really look at it and strap it up or whatever they need to do. I tend to think there's enough wrong that he probably won't play this week, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But anyway, my point in bringing that up is Jack Driscoll, his backup. I don't think you want to expose Jack Driscoll a whole lot in pass pro. He's not a bad player, but he's not a great player. He wouldn't be the utility backup if he were a great player. Um, You don't want him one-on-one against good pass rushers a whole lot. And uh, so I think they will continue to run. This is a long way of answering your question. I think we'll see them run some this week. Uh, I don't think uh, Arizona is a great run defense. And, uh, you know, I think uh, that's something on the road that's a good way to establish some rhythm and consistency. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see a strong dose of Miles Sanders again uh, this weekend. After that, you know, like I said, going into the season, you brought A.J. Brown in here and you drafted Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard for a reason. That's got to be the focus of your offense. And it's nice. You know, I hope Miles Sanders in a sort of counterpunching role can break off a 40 or 50 yard run, you know, fairly regularly. I think he has that kind of ability but I don't think he's going to average, you know, 100 yards a game. I, I don't think they're going to be that kind of offense. Uh, I think they should be able most weeks to, you know, throw for 300 yards or 400 yards and several touchdowns. And, uh, you know, I, I think that will constrain him more than anything else. 
I'll go to two things off that. You brought up a good point when it came to Driscoll, and and, and I know it's tough when you come in early on and, and you're not expecting to get in there, especially reps. It get game reps in a position he's never played with the in the NFL right now. He's played mostly on the right side, left side. But you look at the way he played, I thought he held his own for the most part. I still felt a little concerned that they were able to get he, – he's susceptible to bull rushes big time. I mean, he got pushed back three, four yards, and it, it, I think the Eagles in that aspect were lucky they had Hurts who's mobile to step, be able to step up in a pocket and, and still move downfield. And uh, listen, if, if I'm the Cardinals, I know J.J. Watt plays mostly on the left side, but if I want to get the most out of him, I might think about moving the right side if Maialata is out. And I think I think it could possibly be like if Wadhead was on that side, it could be like a two three sack type game because I think he's I'm a little more concerned on that yeah, aspect. If they just Especially line since up, on there. if they just line up Wad against Lane Johnson, then that Kingsbury should be fired. You know, I mean that's because <laughs> he's not going to get a bunch of sacks on Lane Johnson. Lane hasn't given up one, and you know is probably the right best right tackle in in the NFL. So yeah, you want to if you're the Cardinals, that's definitely something you'd want to do, and that's what I was saying. I, I just don't think you want to. I don't think you want to drop back 35 times uh, with Jack Driscoll at left tackle. If that is the case, which we don't know that it will be, I'm just sort of thinking that it probably will be, but we'll see. Yeah. And, you know, I think the last time Lane Johnson actually gave up a sack, I think it still has – I didn't have any gray in my beard, so he's been that long. So it's been – he's been that good on the right side. I but probably had some gray in my beard, though. I'm going to – I'm going <laughs> to <laughs> Oh, man. But uh, getting back to uh, Sanders, I, I think you know, when you have the running ability, it hurts. And I look at the lanes that can possibly – especially when you do his own reads, and I think it's starting to mesh a little bit well, too. And I'm starting to see – these defenses starting to play a lot more zone, a lot more zone now. And I'm wondering if they continue to, it's becoming a numbers game now. It looks like you see Hurts when he gets out the, the huddle, he starts, he's doing that mental count, saying like, oh, I got sixes. And I, basically, it's a lineman one on one, and then me one on one against a linebacker. I'll take that. Or like, he's going seven on seven inside the box, and he's just basically counting in, sanding the ball off to Sanders. And I think as long as this line is still able to block the way they are right now, I think he can. Th- continually get about like 80, 90 yards a game. I really think he does that. And I think he's motivated too because he got the contract. Yeah. Well, that's, that's a big thing. You know, I think Miles is really motivated this year. Not that he's not motivated other years, but he is looking at his future here. And his career has not been to this point, everything that you thought it might be his rookie season because of injuries and because, you know, the offense is up and ups and downs and the coaching change and the quarterback changes and all that stuff, but mostly injuries. You know, I, we used to, I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before. We used to ask Deuce Daly when Deuce was the running backs coach, do you think Miles can be a real every down, uh, you know, workhorse franchise uh, back, a featured back? And, and Deuce always said, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And I was I, – I got to the point where I would scoff at that because he was never healthy enough long enough to do that. There's always something, you know, a, a shoulder and a, a, a hamstring. Uh, there's always something wrong with Miles, frankly. So that, to actually see him carry the ball 27 times for 134 yards was, was quite an accomplishment. It's something he'd never done before. 
So, uh, yeah, I, I hope you're right. I hope he does have a big year. And moving on the other side of ball, I mean, it was it, it was the Hassan Reddick homecoming. I know Temple uh, University had their homecoming game, but it seemed like Hassan Reddick waited to uh, Sunday to have his own. I mean, he was he was everywhere, forced a fumble, he forced two fumbles, uh, two sacks as well too. And you look at what he's doing now; he's starting to get into his groove. And Les, I want to ask you this here: when you look at this defensive line, if you had to say compared to say some of the teams where the Eagles had their playoff runs back in like say 17 18 where does this line compare to that previous those previous years well these last two weeks it's looked really really good and it compares very favorably with those the first two weeks i wouldn't say i saw a whole lot of similarity um i think you and i both were concerned that maybe brandon graham wasn't coming back fast or well from his achilles at age 34, we were thinking maybe Reddick was a guy who was going to flash here and there, but wasn't going to be a real consistent player. And we hadn't seen what we were hoping to see from Josh Sweat, I don't think, um, or Fletcher Cox. All that has kind of come together the last couple of weeks. So the last couple of weeks have been very, very promising. I'm not going to, you know, pretend as if they've had an entire season like that 2017 group did yet they, they've only played four games and like i said the first two of them weren't that great but uh yeah there's a lot of potential there and i think they could be deeper at d tackle than that group was um i, I still you know i chris long and uh, and those guys uh you know it's hard to uh Obviously, Brandon Graham was five years younger in 2017. Uh, It's hard to say this group's going to be better, particularly off the edge. Fletcher Cox was five years younger also. Um, So but I do think it's a it's a it's 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 something that was concerning me a little bit early on. And I am not concerned right now. You know, you brought a good point too. When you look at that too, when you look at this, that that twenty seventeen team, they you had Fletcher Cox, you know, and he was in the middle there. But I look, you mentioned the edge rushers. I think they're a lot, they're a lot more pressure that they were able to create. I mean, we everybody knows Brandon Graham's strip sack of Tom Brady in Super Bowl. When I look at this team iteration, they're inside out. And, and I don't think I remember seeing a team that's, I, I'd probably feel more comfortable saying like their defensive tackles are, are almost the strength of the line right now and you're supplementing. But now I think the defensive ends are catching up to that. And you're looking at this and you're seeing like a sustain. I still think the 2017 team right now would still be a better overall defensive line. But I'm sitting there looking, and like you can see what, why they invested so much money into this defensive line area, and, and, and hoping they had the success they have right, and they're currently having right now. And I think this defensive line benefits from a much stronger cornerback group behind it than the 2017 team. You know, the 2017 team had a lot of pressure on it to get to the quarterback pretty quick because. Jalen Mills and Ronald Darby and those guys, you know, they would give up some long completions as they did in the Super Bowl. Um, I I don't, you know, I think quarterbacks are having to hold the ball a little bit uh, on this group. I I think you're seeing that uh, with uh, Slay and Bradbury. Of course, Slay was, was not much of a part of Sunday's game. He suffered a forearm injury, but Zach McPherson, whose name, 
I misspell one way or another almost every time I type it. Uh, it really came in second year player, uh, kind of a controversial pick, I thought, given uh, there, there were a lot of people that liked him in the draft two years ago, a lot of people who didn't like him at all. Uh, came in and played very well, I thought, Sunday. And, uh, you know, I, I think they're in a much better spot uh, at that very, very, very important position than the Super Bowl team was in. Yeah, and, and another uh, part of the cornerbacks, we, you mentioned the uh, injury to, to Darius Slay. One thing you have to look as well, too, is how Avonta Maddox will now come back from his ankle injury. You know, he was a late addition to the injury report. He showed up on last Thursday right before the game, and then he as obviously he missed that game. It looks like Josiah Scott, if he's able to miss this game again, it looks like Josiah Scott might be stepping in to fill in that nickel role. How do you assess the way that he played, and do, are you concerned that now that there's an extra week of video on him that the Cardinals might try to tackle him even more and he might get exposed? Yeah, you know uh... – we talked to Jonathan Gannon today, the defensive coordinator, and he was very complimentary of Josiah Scott. I, I thought he did all right for a guy who really hasn't played much at all. Um, I wasn't overwhelmed. I thought he, he had some mistakes that Avante Maddox, some completions he gave up that Avante Maddox would not have given up, including uh, that last touchdown, I thought, that the, uh, the Jaguars scored to make it a closer game than it should have been. I kind of thought Scott had a pretty strong hand in that. Um, it'll be interesting to see what Kyler Murray does against uh, a guy like that and what they, how they work the matchups. They've got Zach Ertz, obviously. Uh, I wouldn't want to see Josiah covering Zach Ertz a whole lot. I think that's a pretty big mismatch. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's something to watch. There's a little bit of a buzz that, you know, Avante did sit out the game. It wasn't like he got hurt during the game, as was the case with Slay and Maialata and Suomalo. Um, there was a bit of a buzz that with a week to recover that Maddox, you know, could probably play. Of course, if he's playing and he's not 100%, then that's probably a matchup with Zach Ertz. You also don't want so, uh, but yeah, that's going to be pretty crucial. And it's, it's, uh, it's good that you pointed that out. And I'm really afraid. The reason why I brought that up is, is, is Hollywood to me, Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown. It, he's got a lot of speed in there. I, I now, I know he's not one of the premier, I wouldn't say he's a top 10 receiver in this league, but he's got enough speed that he can cause your problems. And I'm wondering how much Cliff Cleansbury will start to line up in a slot knowing that Scott's inside there. And if you do, you have to start rolling some of those safeties over and, and you give him help, which opens up things for the other things and maybe gets Zach Ertz more involved in that offense. But, yeah, I'm a little, a little concerned about that one. I'd be but more I'll, concerned if we were going to see DeAndre Hopkins, but we're not. You know, and yes. that's uh, <laughs> frankly, I just don't think the Cardinals are overall very good. Uh, they eased their way past the Panthers last Sunday. The Panthers are terrible. Um, you know, to me, their offense looks like Kyler Murray run around and make something happen. And he's a wonderful player and a lot of exciting to watch. But I kind of like the Eagles. Uh, if the Eagles are flat footed, you know, against this guy, I'll be shocked. I mean, I think they have pretty good ideas about what to do with guys like that. And, uh, you know, I don't think he'll run rampant uh, all over the place and and cause a lot of chaos. 
Of course, I'm often wrong, but uh, <laughs> I just don't. Uh, I was more worried about the Jacksonville game, frankly, than I am about this game from an Eagles perspective. You do have to keep in mind that they're probably not going to equal the 72 Dolphins. They're going to lose to somebody's at some point. And I think these injuries could have a lot to do with you know, whether this is the week or not. If the Eagles are reasonably healthy, I'll be shocked if they lose to the Cardinals. If Slay and Maialata are out and Maddox is out and Suamalo is out, then it could be a very close game, and certainly uh, the home team could win. But, you know, beyond, all things being equal, I certainly would take the Eagles. I'll, I'll, I'll leave with this. Well, too, then I'll, I'll get into the Card- uh, Cardinals predictions a little bit later to this. But, okay, say if the Eagles are full, fully healthy or, or relatively healthy heading into this game, where do you think the Eagles are going to get their first loss? Oh, well, you're the one that's been looking at that. I, <laughs> I mean, Dallas is playing pretty well. Uh, that would certainly, you know, really rile up the home folks if they lost to Dallas right before the bye uh, in two weeks. Um, I don't see them losing to the Steelers with the quarterbacking situation the Steelers have and it being at, at the link. I don't see them losing at the Texans, certainly. I don't see them losing when Carson Wentz comes to the link. I don't see them losing to Matt Ryan and an Indianapolis team that right now looks awful. However, by November 20th, when that game is being played in Indianapolis, maybe the Colts will be on a tear and the Eagles will be, you know, have like eight important guys on IR or something. But, uh, I got to say Green Bay, you know, that's uh, you always have to respect Green Bay. And that's uh, November 27th at the at the link. I think that'll probably be a big, big old national game. Um, You know, that that one sticks out to me more than any of these others. Not that almost any of these others could something could happen, injuries and luck and, you know, the other team improving greatly in the weeks in between. But that's the, that's the game that I, if I had to bet money, I guess that would be the one that I would put my money on. You see, mine's is a little, is a little different. And, and, and I'll, I'll explain the thought process behind it. If they do get past, this is the only game I think maybe at first, I thought, I thought maybe, okay, maybe they do this because they just have so many issues going to the desert. For some, they lost the last five games going out to Arizona. Never once since you know, 2001. I was going to bring that up. I'm glad you did. I wasn't sure if it was five, but I know, it, you know, every time I go out there and, and there are times I've been really expecting to see the Eagles win. I've seen them lose to Kevin Cobb out there. Uh, you know, I saw them lose an NFC championship game that they were in position to win. Uh, you know, it's uh, it has not been a good that big jiffy pop looking uh, dome has been a uh, <laughs> has really been a problem for the Eagles. And I don't know if that, you know, m- most of the guys on this team weren't even on the Eagles the last time they, they lost there, I don't think. But uh, it is something to keep in mind. Yeah, now you just gave me an envisions of Stuart Bradley playing on defense now. Thanks. Appreciate that. <laughs> but uh, looking at the way, look, I think it could be the Colts. 
And the only reason why I think it could be the Colts is because Frank Reich knows Nick Sirianni very well. And likewise, Sirianni knows Frank Reich very well. But then I think he also knows how to utilize Jonathan Taylor. I still think he's he's the best offensive player in the league right now. I really do. Salem, uh, New Jersey's own uh, Jonathan Taylor. I really think he is. And I, I, Matt Ryan, he, he, you're right. He's not the guy who's he used to be with Atlanta years ago, the one that led him to the Super Bowl at all. But it just that just seems like that matchup that would be to come out of nowhere because the week ahead of the Packers game, you don't know if they're looking ahead and if they're doing so well, they're thinking like they may be thinking that's the one for the one seed or the two. Who's going to be the one? Who's going to be the two in the playoffs? Stuff like that. So that's the one I'm really looking at right now. Like thinking like eh, maybe that come in with. I just don't know if Indianapolis has the horses. I'm not sure what that team is right now. Uh, You know, they just – there's not a whole lot there. Uh, Weapons-wise, defensively, Darius Leonard, yes. But, yeah, I I just don't know. You're right about Frank Reich, and I think that'll be a real challenge for Nick Sirianni going against Frank. But – uh, I just don't see the personnel at this point, but we don't know what the Eagles personnel will be by then either. <laughs> very, very true. But yeah, the, the Arizona thing, you not only have they lost their last five there, those are the only five they played because before that the Cardinals played in Tempe where the Eagles won regularly. Uh, these Ever since they moved to that stadium in Glendale, the, the Eagles have not won a game there, which is kind of extraordinary. Why do you think that's the case? case? Well, they haven't. They don't play there very often. Uh, you know, there was a time when the Cardinals played in Tempe. They were in the NFC East. Uh, you know, going back to when they moved from St. Louis for some reason. But uh, uh, you know, it, it, they haven't played there very often. Uh, it's just been kind of luck of the draw it's been they haven't had a real they haven't sent a real good team out there the 2017 team didn't go out there you know and uh there was a year you know when the cardinals went to the super bowl uh they didn't win it but they had some good teams uh there for a while um but it's been weird like i said the year they lost to kevin cobb i was not expecting that and uh you know like that nfc championship game it was kurt warner but uh the Eagles, I thought, had driven downfield and scored a touchdown and taken the lead in the fourth quarter and were going to hold on and win, and they didn't. So, uh, you know, ancient history now, but uh, certainly, uh, you know, and there's nobody going to be in, in this game that was in that game uh, unless Deshaun Jackson makes a miraculous return to one of the rosters in the next few days. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So, uh, but yeah, it's it's a it's a crazy stat. It really is. There's a lot of stuff like that. You know, the Eagles at Tennessee is is a huge. Uh, they don't win at Tennessee for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, there's some places where they do very very well. Uh, you know, MetLife is is a is a very comfortable venue for the Eagles. Uh, maybe because the Giants are never very good, and certainly the Jets are never very good. Um, but yeah, it's it's uh, it is an interesting factor that you can't really. It's hard to to count for. I don't know, 
maybe they're starting to feel like they missed that warm that, that warmth and everything. It's like summertime. They enjoy it too much. And then, bam, next thing you know, yeah, they come back with a loss. But hopefully, for the Eagles' sake, they hope, they're hope they going to hope that they don't go and become and lose to them. So, Les, I want to end, up, end it with this way. What is your prediction for Sunday's game? I'm going to go, Chris, with Eagles 31, Cardinals 17. Nice, nice. Well, I'll go. I'll go with this way. I still remember the, f- the last time these two teams played, where where Hertz and, and Murray basically put on a show. We got two dynamic quarterbacks, guys who can make plays with their legs and, and to get their offenses going. And I think it's going to be a high scoring affair. I, I have the Eagles winning this game, thirty eight to thirty one, and and it's, it's going to be entertaining. I, I, I'm I'm looking forward to this matchup. I really am. Yeah, I think it'll be entertaining, and I think uh, it's. It's, it's an NFC team that could end up uh, as a playoff opponent. You know, you're not – there aren't a lot of great NFC teams right now. Uh, you just saw the Rams uh, last night look like uh, they're not going to be doing much. Uh, so, yeah, and the 49ers have a wonderful defense and no quarterback right now. So uh, this, is a, this is an NFC game. And uh, it's it's the first NFC game they've played against a team that, you know, other than the – well, they, they played the Vikings. I keep forgetting the Vikings keep beating other teams. The Vikings look so bad when they were here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is the like, second the game point? then against an NFC contender. And uh, it's, it's valuable in that regard, I think, uh, more than any other. Yeah, yeah, well, and and we'll we'll have all the coverage leading up to that game uh, on Sunday afternoon at four twenty-five here. And remember, everybody, make sure you can look at, read that coverage on nj.com slash Eagles. You can also once again subscribe to our Eagles Extra Tech service, and we'll be able to talk to you, answer your guys' questions on there as well too. But for less, I'm Chris. Everybody, have a good one. See ya.